Good morning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Good morning. All right, good morning, everybody. Just waiting for the soundboard to get the sound right. I feel like Madonna here at the moment. I don't have a gap between my teeth, but my hands are free. So we're going to do surgery. Oh, Mandy's already shaking her head. I'm really excited this morning because I, I think I, I'd like to call it prophetic preaching. Not that I'm a prophet, but let me just give you a little bit of background. And so we just went on a, a wonderful holiday to um, Istanbul. And so I was doing the photos. And so I was downloading the, t- the photos onto a flash drive. And then you take the flash drive and you get your... So as I take the flash drive out, I look what's on the flash drive because I maybe have to delete some stuff. And I see there's a prophetic word from Mervis, which I haven't listened to for a while. And it was for me. And so I thought, let me listen to it. It was about 10 minutes long. And it was a wonderful word. And I remembered well. And then at the end of it, he says to me, and Kevin, the Lord is calling you more into the prophetic. Not the pathetic, the prophetic. And so he said, but you're going to have to contend for this. So it was a Saturday afternoon about two weeks ago. And so I listened to that, then I did the photos and everything. That night, I go to sleep, and I don't normally wake up easily in the night, and the Lord doesn't very often wake me up. Thank you, Jesus. But he woke me up that morning, and I looked at my, the clock next to my, my bed, and it was 3.43. I remember specifically. And so I said to God, God, I'm contending the, for the prophetic. Do you want to say anything? Oh, my word. As I'm lying there, God just, and I've never had this before in this kind of way. God just like blew my mind. I'm going to try and share with you. It's very difficult to share something when you see it in the, and I wasn't, it wasn't a dream. I was awake because I know at 4.15, the vision ended and I looked at the clock. It was 4.15. So it was 32 minutes that God downloaded this, this kind of stuff to me. And so I realized this is important. And so I brought it to Rian, and, and then the whole thing came with marriages and the marriage course. And so you'll see it, it relates a lot to marriages. But singles, you've got some stuff to listen to here as well. Right? And so I'm going to try and explain it. That's why I needed hands, because I use stuff. And so as I'm lying there, I said, God, I'm contending for a prophetic. What do you want to say? And as I'm lying there, God shows me a ribbon. This is about the brightest ribbon man you could find. But I'm telling you now, this does not do justice to, to what I saw. What I saw was a ribbon, but it was material. And it was like what you'd think, like Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. It was like beautiful colors, and it was shining, and it was, it was so beautiful. And it was amazing. And then I saw that there were two ribbons like this. And then I saw God come. These ribbons are not easy to work with. Trust me, I've been fighting with ribbons all weekend. And then I saw God come, and he took two beautiful ribbons like that. And I saw him come, and it was glued together like that, so that they became one. And immediately I knew, God didn't have to tell me that, because I'm not really that dwarf. God is saying to me, that is two people becoming one. And the glue that is in there, that has glued this together, God showed me it was 
I saw like glue go over and it went like to every single edge. When I glue something, I like it to be perfect. Right to the edges. When I butter my toast, it must go right to the edges. You don't want any of the toast that doesn't have butter on, you know? Uh, and so I, I saw this thing being glued together and I realized God is saying, that's what it is. And I got so excited when you preached last week and you said uh, that scripture, uh, what's it, John 10, 10, what's that first scripture there? Sorry, Mark. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one. And when you said last week, it's almost like glue. And glue comes and glues you together. Those are the words you used last week. And I'm like, God, that's what you showed me, glue. And the glue was the Holy Spirit. And it glued these two pieces together. And then God gave me a bit of a demonstration of trying to pull that thing apart. And I don't want to go too much down that road, but it was a mess. When he tried to pull, it wasn't him pulling it apart, but I don't know. These things were trying to get apart once they'd been glued. And it was just tearing. And there was, anyway, when it's glued together, it's not supposed to be taken apart. All right. And so then I'm like, God, that's, that's lovely. That's wonderful. Two lovely ribbons, and they join together, and it looks very nice. And then God showed me another ribbon. And it looked something like that. I said, God, what is that? And God said, that's a ribbon that has been tarnished. And this doesn't even do just to what it looked like. There were bits out. There was bits that were frayed. There was like a bleach spot. There was oil. Pieces hacked out of it. God said, that is what it was. And that's what it now became. And God said, he never intended it to become like that. And so I said, God, so what, what has caused this tarnishing? And I felt it was disappointments of the past, hurts of the past, abuse, Negative words spoken against a, a, a person. Insecurities, unforgiveness, bitterness, poor self-image. Basically, life had happened. And then I saw a beautiful ribbon being joined to a tarnished ribbon. And it was amazing, these old bits that all seemed to stick together pretty well, and it got glued together. But because it was material, and this isn't material, some of the stains that were on here went through onto the other ribbon, and it tarnished the other ribbon even. This day, I'm like, God, what's going on here? 
And God said, this ribbon has been damaged and it's soiled, but it's not past him redeeming it. And I saw him take this ribbon and it was dipped. It was like a vial, a glass vial of blood. And I saw this thing go in, into the And I saw it come out and it was perfect again. Perfect. And I felt God say that this is what happens to us in life. And we're not all Some of us are more tarnished than others. It's got to do with our past, what's happened to us in our past. And we're all different. But I've seen people get married. And they think to themselves, well, I've got brokenness. And so that. I'm just going to term it brokenness. And so we've all got a measure of brokenness, I think, because we've all had a past, and some of us have had worse past than, 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 than others. And very often, it's not even our decisions. If you were abused by an uncle, that wasn't your decision. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. But that's life, and it's things that happen. And so when we get to this point, can we fix this on our own? No, we can't. But God can. God can come, and he can make that ribbon perfect again. But then I found when the two were joined, so you had one that was tarnished. Maybe the other one was a little tarnished, but it wasn't as tarnished as the other one. And they were joined together. Then I saw it also go into the blood. I thought, hey, amazing. So they can both go into the blood and both come out. And then I saw it stayed in the blood a lot longer. And I was like, God, why is that? And God said to me, because when they join, they become one. They become one flesh. So this should have actually been like material. And so the material almost gets like woven into each other. And that's where God talks about we become one flesh. Our spirits get joined. We become one. And when we become one, it takes part. And so when this tarnished but needed to be basically cleansed by God, it almost became more difficult when we were joined. And I see people that get married and they think, I've got brokenness. But when I get into marriage, when I get married, that person will fulfill me. And suddenly that brokenness, that insecurity, those hurts from the past, it'll go away. And you know what? It doesn't. In fact, I think it just gets magnified. And I think those hurts, those things, those insecurities, all those things from your past, actually a magnifying glass comes on it, and it just makes it worse. And then it's the two of you who are now one, and so you've now got to fix two that are one uh, And so my advice for anybody here who's not married, get your ribbon clean before you get married. I felt God say that so clearly. If people can just go and get themselves dipped in the blood. And so is it that easy? I don't think it's that easy, actually. God can do it. We've got to surrender to him. Sometimes we need godly counsel to help us 
Sometimes we need even professional help, actually, to get over some of the things that have happened to us in life. But I felt God say so clearly, if you can get your ribbon clean, get over all those things, will it ever be spotless? Most probably not. We're always going to have a little bit of, of, of something in our lives. But we want to keep, get that ribbon healed. Brokenness. Brokenness that we have inside of us. If I can give you any advice, single people, before you get married, get yourself whole. Find, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask God. Find counsel. Read books. Whatever you've got to do, get your ribbon cleaned as best as, as, as you can before you join it to, to another ribbon. And if we are married and we are finding it, we're struggling, chances are there's stuff from our past, there's brokenness from our past that we haven't dealt with. And so we've still, and God, nothing is beyond God. God can, can do it, and we've got to trust him. And as we're going to go into this time of doing a course, I'm going to talk about that just now. This is going to be a time, where I believe, where God is going to areas of brokenness, areas in our marriage that we've never dealt with. Because you know what? That, that's what happens. People will get married. There's brokenness there. They've never dealt with it. And uh, it rises up in marriage, and then the people fight, and it's like World War II, and uh, eventually they're like, no, we fell out of love, and they get divorced. And what happens is they go into a second marriage. Have they ever dealt with any of that brokenness? Have they dealt with any of those things? No. So they just take it into a second marriage. So the divorce rate for first marriage is about 40%. Divorce rate on second marriages is 60%. Third marriages is 75%. Why? Because people have never dealt. They think get into another relationship. That wasn't the right one. But they've never dealt with these things. And I'm believing that as we do this, this, this marriage course, um, actually, I don't like the word course. We're going to do a marriage symposium. What does that mean? I don't know. It's just a nicer word. Symposium sounds better than a conference or a course. We do a marriage symposium. I don't know, it sounds like there's going to be some uh, Olympics. And so then the, the vision hadn't ended then. That was just like the, the start. And then up until that stage, I'd only seen the ribbon. I'd never seen the end of the ribbon, actually. It should be that way. The ribbon was actually the same on both sides. But anyway, these. And so I looked at the, the ribbon, and God suddenly then showed me the ends of the ribbon. And the end of the ribbon was actually like that. And God said to me, do you realize that the ribbon was actually one ribbon? I'm like, what does that mean, God? Because as God's showing me, I'm asking questions, and it's amazing. God's answering me as I'm asking. It's like, but I'm not hearing his voice. It's not like a loud, audible voice, and God's sitting there with his beard and chatting with me. It's... It's in the spirit. It's difficult to explain. And so God showed me that actually the ribbon was one ribbon. And God said to me, I created everyone 
the same. It's not like that was a special ribbon and this was a different ribbon. No, actually it was two ribbons, but they actually they, they, they've got a loop and it was actually one ribbon. God said, I made everybody the same. And then life happens. And is it fair? No, it's not fair. Some people have more stuff they have to deal with. It's just, but that's how life is. And I, I did a preach once um, called Play the Hand That You Dealt With. Because if you're playing cards, you get a pack of... Uh, 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 a hand dealt to you, okay? And you've got to play those cards. Now, you can't say, and I don't like those cards. Throw the cards and I'm not playing the game. Well, then you're out the game. But we're all in the game. And so we get dealt cards. And what you've been dealt with, where you sit at the moment, I don't know where you are and what's happened in your life and everything, but where you are sitting, you've been dealt a hand. And you've got to play those cards, whatever they are. Find the best way to play them. You'll never get dealt another hand until you finish that hand. And I realized that when Mandy was going through, through, through cancer and the breast cancer and that treatment and all that, that's like 11 years ago, God told me, Kevin, you've got to deal that hand. Play that hand. Once you've played that hand and you've got through that, he says you'll get another hand. And so many people want to throw the cards in. No. You've got to ask God, God, these are the cards. This is what's happened to me in my life. This is where I am at the moment. Kevin's talking about brokenness. Have I got brokenness? What brokenness is there? God, please come and help me to get over this brokenness, to find a way to deal with that unforgiveness, those hurts, things that have happened in the past, even if it wasn't your fault. I know it wasn't your fault, but this is what you've been dealt with, and we've got to handle it. But actually, we were all made exactly the same. And then I saw that there was a loop. Oh my, that's quite interesting. And then the next thing comes to me. That on the loop was a key. And so I'm looking and I'm saying, God, you've got two ribbons. And these are nice looking ribbons. And they look pretty clean and, and beautiful. And I said, God, what is this key? And I felt God say, this is the key to abundant life in marriage. I'm like, abundant life, that sounds good. God, I want, I want abundant life. But what, is that, what does that mean? Just put that scripture up for me. Because we, we know the scripture, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So God is, was saying to me, I want people to have an abundant life pertaining to marriage now. And I think it's, this is, that scripture is for, for all areas of life. But I felt God saying specifically in marriage, God wants us to have an abundant life, an abundant life in marriage. So I thought, what does abundant life mean? An abundant life means life in its abounding fullness of joy and strength with spirit, soul, and body. An abounding, abounding fullness of joy and strength. And I said, God, that's what I want in my marriage. And then I, I realized, God, that's what you've really given me in marriage. Mandy and I have been married for, for 33 years now, 
And we've just been to, I said to you, we went to Istanbul. Mandy and I were together 24-7 for two weeks. It was the most glorious two weeks of my life. All right? And so we were together for two weeks. And it was amazing. We had such a fantastic time. I loved being with Mandy, just doing life and doing stuff. And we had one altercation. One altercation. And so we were walking. My brother was there, and it was their last day, and we were shopping with them. They had to buy a whole lot of stuff. And so they were going, and then I was wanting to buy some spices, and I saw spices, and I saw that. So I go into the shop, and I'm looking for the spices. And Mandy comes, and she scales me out. Kevin, you got to keep up. This is not your day. This is for Jason. But she didn't say it in a very nice way. Her tone was not good. Her body language was not good. And uh, I didn't like the way she spoke to me. And so I said to her, I don't tell you, I caught up. And then I said to Mandy, I did not appreciate the way you spoke to me. You could have just said to me, Kevin, it's Jason's day, let's just do it. And uh, so Mandy said, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I spoke nasty, I shouldn't have done that. I said, I'm sorry. That was our big fight for the holiday. Lasted like two minutes. My sister-in-law said, I'm so glad to hear that you two are human. She said, it was so nice to see you guys have a fight. I'm like, whoa. She says, you guys never. And I know Mandy and I say we don't, we don't fight often. We don't ever. That's part of abundant life. That is what God is wanting us to have. And do we have an altercation? Yes. How long did it last? Let's say five minutes. I don't want to exaggerate. Two minutes. Five minutes. And it was over. Forgotten. Done. Sorry. Sorry. And finished. I know other couples that would have gone on for two weeks. It would have been the silent treatment for that one. And uh, yeah, but my knee and my and you didn't. Uh, it's not worth it. And so when I saw this key, I said to God, what is this key? This is actually the key to our letterbox. But it, it was way more significant. It was a much better looking key like this. It was like a, a big key. And so I said to God, what does this key mean? Because it's attached to marriage. And he said, that's the key to abundant life. And then I saw the key go. And it was on a ribbon like this. And I felt God say that this was actually representing Mandy and myself. Now, Mandy and I are, are, are fortunate we come out of two homes. They, our parents are still married. They're still living. Um, we've had very little brokenness in our family. We've had very little baggage, if I can call it baggage, that we've had to, to dealt, deal with in our lives. And so out of that, I'm fortunate. Am I special? No, I'm not special. The, the, the stuff that I had to deal with, I think I dealt with. And I felt God say that key, the master key, went. In Istanbul, I only saw three fancy cars, and one was a blue Rolls Royce. Weird color for a Rolls Royce. But, and I saw God say, that key fits the Rolls Royce. And I felt God say, Kevin, that's the vehicle that you're driving in your marriage. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you. Then I saw the key, and I saw... A couple where it was more, there was more brokenness, like I showed on that other ribbon. 
And they took the key and they put it into an old Fiat, like I used to have an old clapped out Fiat when I was a, a student. And it fitted the Fiat. And they got into the Fiat and they were driving the Fiat. And I said, God, but why didn't they take the key and put it in the Rolls Royce? Because it's a master key. It fits any vehicle. And I, I, I struggled to understand it and I still can't quite explain it was definitely got to do with the brokenness that hadn't been dealt with in their marriage and in their lives. And they chose the clapped out Fiat when they could have had a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce or a Haval. There you go, your Haval. The check's in the post. And then I saw a key being put into a Toyota. And I felt God saying, some people are just accepting the mediocre. It's like, well, we married, we struggle, we've got our difficulties, but hey, we're still married, we'll make it work, and we'll just keep on chugging along, and um, that's just what God has given us. It's a Toyota. It's, it's, it's better than the Fiat. Not as good as a Ferrari, but hey, it's a vehicle. It gets us from A to B. Have you heard anybody say that? Hey? And somehow, and I don't quite know how this whole thing worked, but I know God is just saying we choose it because of our brokenness, that we end up, and it's not God's best. That's what I felt God. God saying, he wants abundant life in our marriages. Abundance. An abundance of joy. An abundance of life. But until we deal with the brokenness, the bad stuff that we have in, in, in marriage, we're going to struggle. And we've seen, we've seen struggling in marriages. And that's why we're going to be doing this course we're doing. And I believe as we do this, because let me just go to that scripture in Ephesians. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. And it says, be completely humble and gentle. Now I'm talking about marriage here. Be completely Humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort. I don't very often do this. Say, make every effort. <laughs> to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. And so I believe God is saying that there is some kind of an effort. There is something that we've got to do. Now, people tell me, no, marriage, you've got to work at your marriage. You got... And there's a truth to that. I believe that. You do have to work at it. But it doesn't become a tiresome work. After 33 years, do I work on our marriage? Yes, I do, but it's, it's just become part of my life that I don't even really have to think about it that I put money first. Because that's what the 
what it's really all about. The Bible says we've got to die to self. So I've got to die. My needs, my desires, my, that's got to die. And I've got to say, what is Mandy's needs? What is Mandy's love language? How can I keep her love tank full? And when I do that, and I take my eyes off myself, and I put it on her, that's called making every effort. And as Mandy does the same, so I don't think about, oh, what are my needs? Uh, no, no, let me just think about Mandy. Let me just think of building her up. What's her, her gifting? How can I bring her gifting up? What's the potential of Mandy? How can I bring that potential up? Because you know, we're going to stand before God one day. And his first question is going to be, is your name in the book? I'll go, my name's in the book. What do you think his second question is going to be? I think it's going to be, how did you treat the spouse that I gave you? Yeah, but God, you don't know the one. And he says, yes, I did. I joined you together. How did you treat that person that I gave you? The primary person in your life. And we're going to have to give an answer for that. So I've got to say, how can I be the best husband that I can be? To Mandy. Can I change Mandy? No. Who can I change? I can change myself. And so, that scripture says, make every effort to keep the unity. So that's unity in all areas, but I'm talking about specifically about marriage. How can we keep the, the, the unity? And so part of make every effort, I believe is going to be this, this course that we're going to be doing, the symposium that we're going to be doing in the comms, right? And so I believe what's going to happen is as we do this, it's going to be very non-threatening. It's, 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 I've seen the first one, and it's, it's, it's something totally different to, to what I've ever seen before. But it's, it's um, very non-threatening. The only time you're going to be revealing anything is when you're talking with your spouse, so you're never going to be revealing the stuff in your marriage to any, all the other people in the room. No, if ever you're chatting, you're chatting with you and your spouse. And as we do this symposium, I believe what's going to happen is God is going to bring healing. God is going to show, bring, start revealing those, those areas of brokenness that's inside of us. The baggage that we've been carrying along, that's been dragging us down and holding our marriages from being that abundance that he wants. Marriage is supposed to be the most beautiful, wonderful, glorious thing, union, that God created. It's supposed to reflect the relationship of Jesus with his church, the bride. And I've got to ask you, how is it reflecting in your life? If the world looks at you, are they seeing a good reflection? I don't know. But that's where we've got to make every effort. And I believe as we do this uh, symposium, suppose you go, no, no, you must go. Let me tell you, I'm going to encourage you, don't miss any of them. Make every effort because God is doing something at the moment. God has highlighted marriages to us, this uh, alpha marriage symposium that we're doing is going to be something that's going to bring breakthrough in, in, in people's lives. It's going to give you the key to abundant life in your, in your marriage. 
Because that's what God wants. God wants abundance. He wants you to enjoy marriage. Marriage is not supposed to be a struggle and a, a ball and chain. What about the, oh, she's my ball and chain. What are you speaking over your marriage? My wife, my ball and chain. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. And so I'm super excited. But God is going to do something. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for, for, for that which you have, 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 have spoken. I thank you, God, that you are the one who knows each and every one of us intimately. And I just thank you that, that as we go into this time where we're going to carve out time to, to hear you come and speak into, into the marriages, um, even into all the other people who aren't married who are going to get together here, we know, God, that you are going to come and just do something amazing. And so we're trusting you for this, God. I'm trusting you for an abundant life, abundant life in each and every marriage, that you would come and put your, your finger and let every person, every marriage, be sensitive to your spirit, to hear you as you put your finger upon things. And I thank you that, that as we do this course, Lord, you're going to cause breakthrough to come. Scales be removed off eyes. People will see the things that are the, the brokenness that's there that, that, that's holding them back. And I thank you, God, we're going to see supernatural breakthrough in, 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 in people's lives um, as we do this. And so we trust you. We know that you're the one who's in control. We need you, God. We thank you that you want abundant life for us. And so we're trusting for your own abundance in our marriages in Jesus' name. Amen.